Now I'm going to pass it on the offering plate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> last, last week we began our series, Great to Good. And as we were closing, I read from Jeremiah chapter 6 in verse 16. And it says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said we will not walk in it. Jeremiah was ministering to the people of Israel during a time of blatant disobedience. There was just blatant disobedience. The people were sinning against God. And God was, was at the point where he was going to send them into captivity. As a matter of fact, a few years after this was written, they did go into captivity because they refused to follow the good way, preferring instead to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And we all know people who, cho- who choose that path. Instead of walking the right path, they, they, they instead choose sin for a season. And you watch people destroy their lives and you're, you're just like, oh, it happens all around us. But that's what the people of Israel were choosing to do. Yet through all of that, God doesn't give up on them. They're at the edge of judgment. They're standing on the edge of judgment and God is trying with all of his heart through Jeremiah to draw the people back to himself. He's saying, don't walk this path. Ask for the ancient path. Ask for the good way and walk in that path. Walk on that path. And as we study these verses, we find... That, that God, we see that God loves to use common experiences to express his truth. He, the experiences that you and I deal with every single day, God loves to use those experiences to express his truth. These verses give us the image of a traveler who finds himself at a fork in the road, if you will. Finds himself, and we've, we've all been there, whether figuratively or literally, we have found ourselves at a fork in the road. Which way do I go? What path am I going to take? The traveler has an opportunity to choose whatever path he wants, but God says, ask for the ancient path. Ask for the good way. Choose the good way. Choose the way that I have have laid out for you. God wants us to get on and he wants us to stay on the path that he has established for us. He wants us to come to himself. He wants us to get off the path that we're on, to get on a different path, the path that leads to him. Get on it, he says, and stay on it, the one that leads to me. And I doubt that there's one person here in this room who doesn't know or understand that there is a right path and a wrong path. Human beings don't really have too much of a problem understanding that there's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. We don't have an issue with that. But where we have an issue is that we seem to want to choose the wrong way because it's part of our nature. It is so much easier to walk a path that is wide and and where everyone else is going and it looks so easy and it looks so enticing. And, you know, like I said earlier, instead of walking the right path, you walk on a path of sin for a season because it looks so much whatever, looks so much easier, looks so much better, looks so much... 
And so that's what, that's what God is saying. We can't do that. We as humans know the difference between the right path and the wrong path. We just seem to want to choose the wrong path. Again, it's in our nature. See, the 21st century is filled with people who don't want God to pretty much tell them anything. They want to do what they want to do. They want to walk where they want to walk. And that being the case, more than ever before, we as followers of Jesus, we Christians need to make sure that we're walking a path where God is, where, that God is leading, that God has opened up. A path where God can bless us. So many times we'll say, I want God to bless my life. I want God to bless my efforts. I want God to bless this opportunity. But you have to ask yourself, are you walking on a path where God can bless you? We need to be walking on a path that God has called us, where God has called us. A path where we can be blessed. A path that honors Him. A path that glorifies Him. Now I want to stop for a moment and ask you, what are your goals What are your dreams? And do they align with God's word? Think about it. What are your goals for your life? You think, this is my goal. I really want to be able to go from here to here. My goal, my dream is. What are your goals? What are your dreams? And do they align with God's word? What are your goals for your marriage? What are your dreams for your professional life? What are your dreams for your family? What cause are you going to fight for Jesus Christ? Have you picked a cause? There's something that gets stirring in you. You see see what's happening around the world, the wrong that is happening, the injustice that's happening, and that's something that stirs in you. you. Is there a cause that you're willing to stand up and fight for Jesus Christ? What are those things? What are those goals? We need to make sure we understand, and then we need to make sure we understand that God will bless them if they're in alignment with his word, if we are walking in the good way, if we are walking on the ancient path. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. Walk with him. Get on the path that he has for your life. Focus on that path. God is calling us to stand strong and not allow ourselves to be led astray by the voices of culture and the leaders of our day. You know, we all, we all in some way want to be led by someone that we can trust, someone that we can look up to. But God is saying, don't be led astray by the voices of culture. Don't be led astray by the leaders of the day. I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but I wouldn't, lead, I wouldn't let most of these people in our country lead me into a game of marbles, let alone into anything significant. And God is saying, you need to focus your attention. You need to look to the past. Look to the men of the past. Look to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Look to Moses. Look to those in the, pa- in the past who've given their lives to the Lord, who honor Him with their lives, who are obedient to Him, who were obedient, who were, who, were, who were righteous and holy unto the Lord. That is the path that God is calling us to, to look to men and women in the Word of God like this, who've lived lives that are exemplary and people that we can follow, who've sacrificed for others, didn't think just of themselves, 
didn't think of their own agenda, but looked to others and first and foremost, follow the way that God would have them go. God is commanding us not just to choose a path willy nilly, but to think through, to decide in our hearts because of how God is leading what path we will walk upon. Some of you are struggling right now because you're walking a path based upon your emotions. You're struggling. Your life is not turning out the way you want to. And you think, why do I keep making the same mistake? Why do I keep dating the same person? I end up in the exact same place. Why do I keep making these same choices? I end up here. It's because you're allowing your emotions to dictate your actions and the path that you're on. Or you're listening to your friend or your buddy. That's why you, you're still, that's why you feel lost in the wilderness. It's why things aren't working out. It's like the blind leading the blind. It's like flipping a coin and going heads or tails. You know, I hope it works out for me. Heads it works out, tails it doesn't. That's not the way God calls us to, to choose the road that we're on. And the reason that we struggle so much of the time is that we're choosing it by our emotions or by the culture or by the, the whim, whatever the case may be, whichever way the wind is blowing, whatever, whatever wisdom you get from some friend out there. We need to focus our attention and do what God has called us to do based upon his word. Aren't you tired of walking in the wilderness emotionally exhausted I mean, so many people, not just talking about Grace Chapel, so many people are walking around in the wilderness. They're emotionally exhausted. But this is interesting. In this verse, God promises that those who walk in the good way will find rest for their souls. They'll find rest for their souls. I'm sure that Jesus was thinking of the words of Jeremiah. When he said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. As I was studying this, I thought to myself, how many times do we use that verse in a Bible study or on Sunday morning? Or do we read it and not really understand what it means? So I can't go into all the detail of what I studied this week, but I can give you a little, a little nugget of information. There's a difference in the definition of rest in the English and in the Greek. There's a difference. In the English, it's more rest from something. I'm resting from some activity. In the Greek, it's different. In the Bible, rest means resting in all things. You find rest in all things. So in the English, I'm resting from my job. It's stressful. These people are bothering me. I, I can't take the pressure. So you rest from your job. But here's the cool thing. Here, this is so much deeper and, and richer. In the Greek, with the, Bible's, the Bible's definition of rest, what Jesus is describing here, is resting in all things. I can find rest in the struggle of my job. I can find rest in the difficulty that I'm going through right now. It's not from, it's not running from or getting away from, it's within. I don't need to run away from something in order to find rest in it. Why? Because I'm in Christ, and in Christ I can do all things. So I can be in the midst of a struggle in Christ, and find rest within the struggle that I'm facing. It is so different. It's absolutely amazing. This the nuances that we miss sometimes. That's what Jesus is saying. I can give you rest for your soul, not just physically. Oh, I get like this past week, I, you know, Friday or Saturday, you know, I'm studying. When I get home, I'm just sitting there. And I'm, 
and uh, all the, from all the week's activities, and, and I want to rest my body. I just want to rest. But Jesus is going even deeper. He's saying, I will give you rest for your soul. That, that depth, that intimate rest that so many cannot find in the world. Rest is so... Matter of fact, it's impossible to find for those who are in the world. No matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. I found this story as I was studying, and I want to read it to you. I want to share it with you. Princess Elizabeth, daughter of Charles I, lies buried in Newport Church in England. A marble monument erected by Queen Victoria records in a beautiful way the circumstances of her death. She languished in Carisbrook Castle during England's Commonwealth Wars, a prisoner. She was alone, separated from all of her friends, until she was set free by death. She was found dead with her head leaning on her Bible, open to the words, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The monument in Newport Church records this fact. It shows a female figure reclining her head on a marble book with the text in Matthew 11:28 engraved on it. Now, I want you to think about the, the testimony that, that that monument gives us, what it says to us. It tells us that position or social rank does not bring certain happiness. No matter who you are, your position, your wealth, your social rank, whatever it is, she was a princess. I don't think she was happy in prison. Happiness does not come from social rank. It's not a certain, it's not a given, no matter who you are and what you have and where your position is in life, it is not a given that you will be happy. See, rest is something completely different. It's different. Even today, it reminds us that we cannot truly find rest except in Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, you can find that rest. Happiness is based on circumstances. Rest is based on your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so different. The path of this world leads to stress, not to rest. It leads to stress, not to rest, and often ends in in brokenness, in sorrow, in discouragement, in depression, in shame, in remorse. That's where it ends. That's where it ends for so many people. We need to stand strong and walk the path that God has laid out for us. We need to continue as followers of Jesus Christ to hold on and stand strong. People may ridicule you. They may, they may argue with you. They may even belittle you, but they cannot take away from you the joy, the peace, the contentment, the rest that we find in following Jesus Christ. They can't take that away from you. That is what only Christ can give. People running around like chickens with their heads chopped off, trying to find happiness. True happiness is found in Jesus Christ. But something they will never even, they they can't come close to, is peace and joy. True peace, joy, contentment, and rest that we find in Jesus Christ. They They can never take from you the rest that you find in your conscience. The rest that we find in our conscience. 
that I once was blind, but now I see. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I once was in bondage, but now I'm free. I once was lost, but now I'm found. They cannot take that from you. That is a truth that belongs to you if you're in Christ. And what God is saying is you need to ask for the right path. You need to ask for the ancient path. And all those things will come with it. But if you continue to walk on the path of this world, what's going to happen is that you're going to find that that path leads you to destruction and misery. If you fail to walk on the path of the righteous... If you fail to walk on the ancient path, the path that you're choosing to walk upon will lead you to destruction and it will lead to misery. If we can jump down to verse 19 for just a second, it says this. Hear you, earth. I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my word and have rejected my law. God is clear. There is a high price to pay if you refuse to walk in the, on the path that God has established. There's a high price to pay. God is saying walk in the good way and avoid all, so, so much of the misery and suffering of this earth that we have in our own consciences. Walk in the good way. See, we're living in a day where most people want to walk in a way of their own desires. That's what they want. That's what they want. We are going to, I'm going to walk in the way of my own desire. But no matter what the world does, we need to stand strong and we need to stay focused. No matter what path they take and how, you know, you watch commercials sometimes and these people look like they're having so much fun. Who wouldn't want to walk that path? I mean, come on. It's so much fun. You know, after 30 some odd years of ministry, let me, let me tell you one quick story. There's so many I could tell you. Let me tell you one quick story of how much fun all this is. How it ends up. Please listen, you, especially you younger ones. Please listen to me. When I was a youth pastor, I was, I was in someone's basement leading the youth ministry. About 50, 60 kids in the basement all piled around and I was talking to them about consequences. If you choose to do this, these are the consequences. If you choose to make this decision, these are the consequences. We were playing a consequence game and walking through this. And when I was finished, one of the seniors, girls, stood up and there were tears just coming down her face. And she looked at the entire group but couldn't believe she was, had the courage to stand up and say this because I knew what happened in her life. She stood up and said, guys... If you're ever at a party and your friend, one of your girlfriends or your friends who are a girl, they have too much to drink, please, if they pass out or anything, don't leave them there. Please don't leave them there. Now, I'm not going to get into details. Use the mind that God has given you of why a senior would stand up and tell that to a bunch of people in the room. Don't leave them there. They show all the fun. They show, oh boy, this is going to be, boy, if you take this path, you know where it leads? It leads right to where that senior is standing up with tears in her eyes, speaking to a bunch of students. That's where it leads. It may take a little while, my friends, but that's where it leads. On this earth and for eternity. That's where that path ultimately leads us to. We need to turn and follow the ancient paths. No matter where you are in your life right now, you need, to, you need to turn and follow the ancient past. You need to follow the good way. 
No matter where you stand, you may be thinking right now, I am ancient, Pastor. I'm ancient, okay? I'm, I'm old. Then you follow the path of Caleb, who said in Joshua chapter 14, verses 10 and 11, So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go into battle now as I was then. I love that. You've got to love Caleb. Didn't want to sit in some rocking chair and kind of do his thing when he got older. You know, he went from one position to another position. You may be retired, but as a Christian, you don't retire. You just expire. There's no such thing as retirement. You go from one part of your life to a different part of your life, investing your life in things. Some of you are thinking, well, that sounds cool, but I'm so young. Maybe I'm too young. Then you follow the path of David. David said to Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 34 through 36. Now, David's a teenager, okay, at this point. And here's what David says. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. We need students like that. David was a young man. He was a teenager. Lion came after me, I snatched it by the hair and I killed it. I killed lions, I killed bears. And this guy's going to be the exact same thing as the lion or the bear. Now some of you are thinking, you know, yeah, but I, I get afraid sometimes. I, I have this fear that wells up in me. Then you follow the path of Esther who went before the king in defiance of the law and said, if I perish, I perish. That's what we need. We need to follow the ancient paths. We need to look to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We need to look to Moses and Caleb and David, those in the New Testament. We need to look to those people, remember the path they were on, look at their lives and follow after them. That is the kind of life that God wants you to live. That is the kind of life that will bring fulfillment. Any other path leads to destruction and death both sometimes physically and spiritually. We need to follow the ancient path. Now, youth, I say that. Uh, follow the good way. It's great to good, and people say, you know, following the good way. Some people may be thinking this. Following the good way is for the weak. That's what people will tell you. Following the good way is for the weak. Your faith is a crutch. That's what it is. Your Christianity, your faith is a crutch. You know what I say to that? Spare me. Spare me, holy mackerel. Spare me. These people talk about it like it's a, well, Christianity is a crutch. Listen, my friends, and I want the younger ones to please listen to me. I don't walk with a crutch. I walk with Jesus Christ. And I have fought harder. I have loved deeper. I have taken on more giants and more beasts and more roadblocks and more challenges than most people in this culture could endure. And I've done it without the use of the crutches that they use when something happens in their lives, like, like getting drunk, using drugs, uh, making excuses, blaming other people, playing the victim, and every other crutch you can think of. So many of you can tell the same story. We don't need a crutch. We have Christ. We don't walk with a crutch. We walk with Jesus Christ. 
And we don't need the crutches of this world because we have Christ. And when we go through something difficult, we can find rest in it. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We have the power of the resurrection through the Holy Spirit living in us. The next time someone tells you Christianity is a crutch, laugh in their face. Nicely. (laughs) Seriously. Christianity is no crutch. The world around us needs crutches all the time. They need to anesthetize themselves constantly to make it through life. I find it amusing when people come to me, when I'm debating someone and they say, oh, your faith is a crutch. I seriously have a difficult time not laughing in their face. I don't need a crutch. I don't walk with a crutch. I walk with Jesus Christ. And he gives me everything that I need to go after whatever he's called me to do. We need to remember what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It is not in vain. Give it fully. We have the one that we can walk with through the fires of life, through the difficulties of life. Give yourselves fully to the Lord. Walk on the good path. See, we live in a world that changes their mind and they change their direction like they change their underwear. But we, as the world change, we follow a God who is unchanging. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, verse 8, it says that Jesus was the same, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. We can build, I can build my foundation. I don't care what the culture does and how it changes and says, this was wrong and now it's right and this was right and now it's wrong. It doesn't matter to me what the culture says. I have a foundation in Jesus Christ. I don't get, I don't, I don't go swishing around with whims and everything else of this world. I have a foundation on the word of God. I, I have built my foundation on God, on Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever in the future. It doesn't matter. I stand strong on that foundation. So the sand, the other people walk on, a, on slippery sand. It, everything's changing, everything's moving, and they're adapting to what the culture says. We don't have to worry about that because God never changes so now you're thinking, okay, how, how then do I walk on the good path? How do I do that? Well, Jeremiah explains it. He says that we need to stand, we need to look, and we need to ask. We need to stand, we need to look, and we need to ask. Well, first, I want to look at this word ask. I want to I go to that word first. We got to ask. Instead of just Instead of the traveler just going down the road blindly, God tells them to stop. Stand and ask for directions. He basically says, ask for directions. Now, if you're asking for directions, then something comes along with that. If you're asking, then you're also listening. If you're asking someone to give you directions, then you need to listen. And in this case, we need to listen to God. If we're asking for something, then we need to listen to God and allow him to direct us. I'm really good at asking for directions. You can talk to anyone in my family. I'm good at asking for directions. I'm good at asking for instructions. Not always so good at listening. Anybody with me? 
Come on, raise your hand. I'm not, I'm not always the best at, at, at listening once I ask for the instructions. It's like when you're on, you're on a road trip or something and you, you come into a town and, and you, you, don't, you thought you knew where you were going, but you don't. You get a little lost and you say, well, hey, you pull down, I roll down the window. I've driven through New York City screaming out the window, hey, buddy, where's whatever? And they scream back at me. In a small town, you stop and you pull off the side of the road and you say, where's Maple Street? person walks up to you, nice person, and says, well, you take a right here, <clears throat> then you take your next left, and you take two more rights here and here, and three more lefts here and here, and then two rights, and they said, and then you're there. And then they say, they say this, it always bugs me, and you can't miss it! You idiot, you can't miss it! Or if you've gone too far, if I've gone too far, I'm lost. He said, but you can't miss it. I'm thinking the only thing I can't miss is you if you just walk a little bit in front of my car. Because I've forgotten what the person said after the first or second right. And the reason I get lost usually the second time around when I get instructions is because I am not focused. I am not focused. It's not the person giving the instructions. It's the fact that I asked for instructions. They started talking and my mind started going somewhere else and I missed that second left or right. So now I got to stop again and ask someone else. God wants us not just to ask, but he also wants us to listen. He wants us to listen to his instructions. Then it says he wants us to, he wants us to stand and he wants us to look. See, that takes time. That takes time. He says, stand and look. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes just for a moment, okay? And I want you to concentrate on my words. No one be like me sometimes and let your mind wander, all right? Focus. Focus, grasshopper. Focus. If you need to make a decision, and we all either right now or in the future, if you need to make a decision, Jeremiah is saying, I want you to stop and think. Focus on my words now. Stop and think before you choose your path. Stop and think. Stand still. Pause. Take a deep breath. Just pause. And take time to reflect. He wants us to look within. Jeremiah wants us to consider the past and the experiences of the past as well as the future. Now, I want you to stay focused. Stand, look, ask. See, these are words that are, that, that, that are a call to deeper thought and consideration. Stand, look, ask. Deeper thought, deeper consideration. You're going to make a decision, then he's saying, don't act rashly. Don't act rashly. Consider your decision. As minor as it may seem to you, consider your decision. Who are you with? How is that going to affect things? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Where am I going? What will be the end result? What will be the consequences of my choices or my actions? That's what, that's what Jeremiah is talking to us about. He's saying to stand He's saying to look. And then he says, I need you to, I I want you to ask. Now open your eyes, open your eyes. Jeremiah wants you to think. God wants us all to think. He's saying, I need you to think. 
If I can get you to think this morning, if I can get you to think this summer, this to me is a kickoff of the summer. This series is going to be so much fun. It's going to be awesome. And I want you to think with me. If I can get you to think this morning and I can get you to think this summer, then I've done my job. Because your life will be transformed. Your relationship with your wife will be different. Your relationship with your husband will be different. Your relationship with your children will be different. Your relationships at work and the things that you struggle with and the things that you worry about and the things that make you afraid are going to be different. Why? Why? Because you're going to stand. You're going to look. You're going to ask. You're going to grow spiritually. It's going to be a transformation in your life. Listen to me. Serious thought is the first step towards spiritual maturity. Serious thought And I know for some people it's really hard because your mind's all over the place. Serious thought is the first step to spiritual maturity. Getting on the ancient path, getting on the the good way takes serious thought. And that's the first step to spiritual maturity. Psalm 119, 59. Listen to what it says. It's awesome. It says this. I have considered my ways... And I have turned my steps to your statutes. I have considered, considered, considered first my ways. Hmm, maybe my ways aren't getting me where I need to be. I've considered my ways and I have turned off that path. I have turned my steps, turned my steps to your statutes. So he's moved off of his ways and turned his steps to God's path. I love this. And we've missed this. You've read this a million times. I'll bet you most of you have missed it. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 17, talking about the prodigal son. I, I love this. It says the prodigal son, you look it up, came to his senses and then came to his father. Before the prodigal son came to his father, he came to his senses. So he came to his senses, then he came to his father. He began to consider quietly in his mind the foolishness of his conduct. He began to consider in his mind the foolishness of his conduct. And it was then and only then that he went home and said, Father, I have sinned in verse 18. It was after after he came to his senses, that he goes home, goes to his father and says, Father, I have sinned. Luke chapter 15 and verse 18. See, a lack of thought causes a wasted life. A lack of thought leads to a wasted life. I have found in my experience as a pastor that most people do not set out to destroy their lives. They don't get up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to do something today that will lead me on a path that will destroy my whole life. This is going to be great. What they do is they get on a path without thought and it leads them to destruction. They get on that path. They don't, take the, they don't take the trouble to stop, to stand, to ask, to reflect, and then to look and to consider the consequences of their actions. That's where they get themselves into trouble. No one really, most people don't just choose to destroy their lives. It is a lack of thought. God says, 
Ask where the ancient path is. Ask where the good way is and follow that way. See, it is through thoughtless choices. Look at the progression here. It is through thoughtless choices that we create habits in our lives and those habits then become second nature. Thoughtless choices create habits that become second nature. And then once we get that second nature going, it's just part of who we are and what we do. We get into these ruts. We get into these spiritual ruts or emotional ruts, or just physical ruts. We get into ruts in our lives because we didn't think. And they became habits. That's the way we live our lives and we get into these ruts and then it takes an act of God to get us out of those. And what you need to do if you're in one of those ruts is you need to seek after God and ask Him, Lord, how do we get out? What does it say in Psalm 119, 59? It says, I have considered my ways. Have you considered your ways? I have considered my ways and have turned my steps. If I'm walking this direction, it's not working out for me. I need to turn and I need to walk in a different direction. I need to change my steps. I need to get on a new path. You're in a rut. Get out of the rut. Stand, get up, get out of the rut and start walking in a different direction. I don't care what you did this week. It doesn't matter what you did. this. What matters is what you're doing right now. The choice you're making right now to get out of the rut and to get on the right path and to walk on in the good way, to walk on the ancient path. It's well-worn. It's solid. It's strong. People who are godly went before you. Follow their lead. Find people around you who are godly, who follow after. Jesus said, uh, Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. Fo- find people around you who want to follow Jesus Christ and you follow after them. You see... The cry of a fool is, I didn't give him much thought. The cry of a fool is, I didn't really think about it. The words of Hosea, chapter 7 and verse 2, I believe apply to absolutely millions of people. Their sins engulf them. They don't think. And then their sins absolutely engulf them. You students are often in a bad place because you don't yet understand how the world works. And so what you do is you make your decisions based upon your present circumstances and the here and now. What's going on right now? Because you don't understand how the world works. You make this decision here. And that leads to consequences that could destroy your life. Well, you're not old enough to really see your life destroyed yet. And so you make decisions based on the present, in the moment, not understanding that you need to look to the future and ask some questions. Where will this present decision take me? What will be the consequences of having sex with this person or doing this thing or having this or whatever else? You have to ask those questions. You make decisions in the moment without looking. You look at the present, but not the future. Some of you maybe who are single. Sometimes single people will allow the, the pressure of, they, they're just impatient. So they allow, they allow impatience to dictate their decisions and they end up marrying someone too soon, someone they shouldn't have married. And you know what? You want to be really lonely? Marry someone you shouldn't have married in the first place. God can do miracles in any relationship, but I'm telling you right now, you want to feel lonely, 
You think it's tough now? Marry the wrong person. There are people who are making career decisions. They make career decisions without giving it too much thought. They think this would be good. So-and-so did this, and maybe my father did that, so maybe I'll do the same thing. So you're making a career decision, but then you realize you're not in the right profession or in the right business. Only two or three years down the road do you realize that you've made a life-altering decision. Why? Because you made a decision not based upon how God would help you. Stand, look, and ask. Step back, reflect, think through the next couple of years. Is this something the Lord is leading you to do? Do you feel his confidence in your own conscience? Do you feel God's confidence? See, the Bible is filled with examples of this type of behavior, not just the prodigal son. I mean, Esau thought only of his present gratifications and he sold his birthright for some stew and bread. You know how important birthright was at that point in history? Lot considered his present circumstances and the idea of a well-watered you know, area, a valley near Sodom, like Sodom and Gomorrah, not realizing the intensity or the trouble of mingling with those who are sinning greatly against the Lord, Genesis 13, 13. But there's water down there. That looks like a great place to go. Let's not think. Let's just go there. Let's not think of history. Let's not think of what the Lord said. Let's not follow his statutes. Let's not follow. Let's not be obedient. Present gratification, present circumstances will often get us into tons of trouble. Lead us into tons of, at least in the places that we did not want to be. See, all of these people that I've described have found at great cost, at great cost, the pain and loss of not standing looking and asking. They, they, they found out the hard way that if you get on the wrong path, very bad things could happen to you. They sowed without thought and they reaped a harvest of regret and sorrow and disappointment. How many people do we know around us who do the same thing? We as followers of Jesus Christ need to help point those things out. You're not holier than thou. You're not super spiritual. You're not being judgmental. If you see someone walking down a path that's going to destroy their lives, it's, it's your responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ to lovingly sit down and point that out. But instead, and we'll talk about this summer, instead we get sucked up in culture and just go along with it all. Because we don't want to be offensive. Now, what's offensive? Letting people die and spend eternity without Christ. That's offensive to me. I'm sorry. Watching people suffer and, and walk down a path that leads to destruction and misery. That's offensive to me. It's not offensive to lovingly sit down with someone and point out an area of their life where they need to grow or where they need to change so that they don't end up in misery and suffering. It's not, it's not nice. It's not good. It's not loving to allow someone to do that. And you don't have to be arrogant and over-spiritualized and be holier than thou and be judgmental in order to sit down with someone in love and say, hey, can I point out that your present choice will end up here? That's a loving thing. That's what God is telling us. That's what God is saying to us. Listen, some of you, some of you right now are getting ready to go to college. You're getting ready to go to college in the fall. 
Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Some of you are ready to get married to someone who doesn't love the Lord. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Some of you are are in the process of making a life-altering decision. Ask where the good way is before you do that and walk in it. Some of you are on the wrong path right now. You're on the wrong path. Ask where the good way is. Get out of the rut. Get off the path. Take your steps and walk in it. Walk in the good way. Walk in the good way. Some of you need to change your path. And if necessary, you need to blaze the trail. Maybe people before you haven't blazed the trail for you. Maybe you're new, you're, you're new in Christ and the people before you didn't lay a foundation, didn't blaze a trail for you. It is so much easier to walk through the woods if a lot of people have gone before you and have gotten rid of all the stuff in the way and moved the bushes. It's a lot easier. But you know what? I'm sorry, they didn't. So now you may have to blaze the trail. You need to change your path because if you don't change your path, you may end up where you are heading. If you don't change the path that you're on, you will end up where you are heading. And God is saying, please don't go that direction. Consider, ask, where is the ancient path? Where is the good way? And walk in it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time that we can spend together. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to come together as followers of you. And Father, I pray with all of my heart that this will be a summer of transformation. That today, today, that people will make commitments today to walk a new path in the good way, in the ancient way. That they would choose to walk with you. And at the end of this summer, as we look back on this day, on this day in June, as we look back, we said we changed, we walked away from our old way of life. We walked away from the old path. And we took our steps toward you. And in September, as we come together and we close out this series, Father, we pray that we would rejoice, that we would celebrate each one of us from the, from the senior pastor of the church to the person who's been here for the very first time this morning, that each one of us would be able to say in our hearts, in our consciences, conscience that you have changed us, that we are different people than when we were on this day in June, that we have been transformed, that our marriages have been healed, that our relationships have been changed, that our outlook and our thought process on life has been transformed, Because we chose this day to make a commitment to you to walk on the good path, to follow the ancient path, to follow those who walked before us, who were in deep abiding love with you and gave their lives for you. Keep us strong. Keep us focused. Help us to stand, to look, and to ask this entire summer so that we would become spiritually mature in Jesus' precious and holy and righteous and awesome name. Amen. Have a great, great week.